Welcome to Powerband Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. We are into Season 4 for 2019, uh, Episode 6, can you believe it? My name's Ray Heron and joining me this evening, co-host Matthew Day-Gillett. Hey man, how's it going? Or should I say kia ora because it's Maori Language Week. Maori language week. Okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna speak about Maori language, get your pronunciation right. I need the practice, man. It's all about practice. It's hard enough spelling it, getting the A and the O around the right way. Here's a tip for young players: if you can't pronounce, if you can't roll your R's, say a soft D. Remember your vowels: A E I O U, R E E or U. I'll eventually get there, I promise. <laughs> anyway, schooling over. Uh, what's been cracking this week as far as motorcycles in your world go, man? Not a lot. I've been watching a few videos on um, YouTube, watching a few reviews and that. Watched a great one from Break Magazine this morning because uh, I don't know about in your neck of the woods, but the weather's been a bit, bit rough the last few days here. So, uh, yeah, a lot of inside stuff. Um, but, yeah, this Break Magazine video was pretty cool. They had an original 750 Africa Twin up against a brand new one. Um and they're doing like a kind of comparison review. It was, it was pretty interesting, but it seems anyone that ever gets an Africa Twin overseas to review, they always get the DCT version, the one which, um, the kind of the automatic gearboxy one. No idea why, because I don't know many people that actually buy the damn thing. I was on a Ride Forever course uh, not that long ago, and a dude had an Africa Twin, and he said when he bought it, because he bought it new, he had the choice between the DCT version and the standard version, uh, and he was he, he said it's actually like learning to ride a bike all over again because of the different stuff that it does and he, he he didn't really sell it all that well to me to be fair uh, that it's it's like riding an automatic well I'll tell you this I've ridden the DCT Africa Twin as well it was one of the first bikes I rode when I started working for um a magazine in 2016 I think it was and I rode it from uh, the Waikato up to Auckland where I was still living and it was the most boring uh, experience on a motorcycle I've ever had riding that thing on the highway it's just dull like uh, they're meant to be really good off-road but yeah yeah you don't ride off-road that much you've got to get to the off-road first and oh man I was bored out of my mind anyway we might have to get one of these and do a bit of a review on the podcast I think yeah be something nice gotta admit I was you know looking at jocks Africa Twin a few months ago looking at going yeah that's that's a bit bigger than my rally I do like the Africa <laughs> Twins and as I said before I'd have your rally if it was a little bit bigger in the engine department uh, but I mean is what's jocks got is he, is he um, standard transmission or yeah of course it has, is one of the uh, early ones so it doesn't have any of the electronic wizardry because um, he likes his stuff old school and that's as old school as he could get but while also getting a new bike I believe but no good on him it's a really nice bike and it's really tidy too um, and well kitted out and it's yeah it's in that classic uh, red colour scheme as well so it just looks awesome yeah no love it hey uh, this week I have uh, been commuting as I usually do on the MT rain hail or shine um, it rained on Thursday and Friday and the gear didn't leak which is a, a nice change. Oh, very nice. Uh, otherwise, um, still trying to sell the WR. If, if anyone's interested in a WR dirt bike, WR 250, uh, brilliant bike, new levers, new chain, new sprockets, uh, good to go. Um, email us, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. Nice solid plug in there. Um, Speaking Speaking of dirt bikes, um, did you catch what happened with Courtney Duncan over the uh, weekend? I did, and that kind of brings us to a uh, uh, a natural uh, what was it? What's the word called when you when you go from one thing to another? Segway. Let's do the news. And leading our news is Courtney Duncan, world number one. Woo-hoo-hoo! 
Yeah, it's taken her a few years to get there, but she yeah, you know, she's had an amazing season, hasn't she? So it's her first season with Kawasaki. She um, I think only a couple of races in as well. She switched to the brand new KX250 as well, and she's just been dominant. I think she won what was it eight out of the nine WMX uh, championship races this season. Absolute barnstormer. Yep, she says to uh, BikesportNZ.com, it was a life's ambition that she uh, wanted to become the FIM WMX Women's Motorcross champion and she has done it she's only 23 she's from my hometown Dunedin and she dominated the series joining Kawasaki as you mentioned at the start of the year leading the series by 23 points at the start of the week in Turkey the Kiwi went to the start uh, in the, sh- the secure knowledge that victory uh, was was pretty much all hers and and she did uh, an outstanding job in her last few races and, and took out the title. I mean, she, she there was no there was no maths. There was nothing. There's no trickery involved. She just outright won it with points. And you've got to take your head off to her. Yeah, especially after um, her previous seasons, back when she was with Yamaha and Josh Coppins racing. Josh Coppins was her coach and everything. She had some really good races, like absolute races of brilliance. And then I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but she um, she fell off the bike on a hill and she couldn't get back on it. And she ended up off off the course and everything. And it was absolute shambles and she's gone having moments of brilliance and being a bit of an all over the place rider to just being an absolute dominant force this year and I wonder what's been going on in the background too um, since she's moved to this new team and with uh, the new bike and everything um, what else she's been doing because it's hard to believe someone that can go from being that sort of hot and cold to just outright dominating. There's got to be some kind of magic in there. She says in her interview with Bike Sport NZ, uh, I don't know how to describe it. The journey to get here has been tough. Man, it's been tough. After winning my first pro race in my debut in 2016, I felt like I could do no wrong. Since then, it was a downward slope, but this year we changed that and we turned it around and we made it happen. Um, <laughs> what else can you say? Well done. Well done. Right, moving on to our second story, and uh, I don't know if you caught this uh, online, Matt, but I saw it on Kiwi Riders Facebook page and we shared it to our Facebook page as well facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast the Ducati Erosa electric bike concept man that thing looks epic oh, I'm not sure it looks almost like a bread box to me but um, it's, it's got some cool design elements there I like how the uh, electric plug goes in underneath the seat but um, it's got some weird design sort of things going on there too like the tail light looks more like a hairdryer for the rear wheel <laughs> Man, I thought of all people, you would be right up in there. Like, you're a fan of the cruisers. It's got a bit of Cafe Racer kind of cruiser cred going on. It's a big girl, and uh, I thought you'd be right up in it. Uh, I'm not a fan of those big, stiff-looking front ends, to be honest. Um, yeah, I know. It's Yeah, it's, it's a concept. It's been designed by, uh, oh, let me bring up the chap's name here. One moment, caller. Uh, Romaine Galvin. Um, apparently, he's actually a car designer um, and works for, like, Peugeot, Citroen, and France, so not sure if it's an official Ducati uh, concept or anything, but like, it does look kind of cool, but it also looks a bit weird in other ways as well, sort of. Um, I believe it was a Lotus C01 or CS01 concept they brought in a few years ago as well, and it's kind of in the same vein um, with a few slight differences. Um, but no, if it ever gets made, I'll definitely give it a go, but I can see a few things changing before anything like that gets... Pre- I did see one person on Online, ask the question um, with all these electric bikes coming in why do they have to change them and make them look so far removed 
moved from what they do with with petrol powered bikes now uh, and I guess the answer there is the it's a concept bike and and the designers just have been let loose the uh, the yeah they want to grab you by the eyeballs and get your attention it's like um, and, and though, Harley Livewire when that came out it, initially it looked way different and it had like billet aluminium this and that and now the new bike you could literally throw that Milwaukee 8 V twin in there and it would just look like a regular roadster yeah 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 and and when when like when you've got a designer that's just going hell for leather to do something aesthetically pleasing and looking you know looking cool it, it's before the stage where the uh, the penny pinches and the accountants get involved and say no 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 that's too expensive let's let's you know dumb down the idea a little bit yeah I've been sort of just looking at a few of these photos I found online because I googled it uh, it does look a bit um, I'm getting hints of that um, what is it Arch Motorcycles Keanu Reeves company uh, that's similar kind of design language to that also Tron light cycle kind of but um, those big girder things on forks yeah they just oh very Tron very Tron they don't do it to me it's like a, just a dress up piece because they've designed this bike to have a nice raked out front end big solid uh, monocoque chassis and a long swing arm and I'm pretty sure they've just put these dress up things over the forks because otherwise it would look really spindly out front um, and uh, that carbon fibre down over the forks you're talking about yeah and that just bothers me um, I'm not quite sure why but yeah it's just it's not something that I like in a bike yeah. I'm hearing you I'm hearing you but single size swinger gotta say though I love I absolutely adore that um, that uh, what do you call that single sided swing arm with the, the cross drilled uh, brake caliper right in there that looks absolutely fantastic yeah and it, sort of I've found a site which has got a few different photos of the bike we'll check them up on our Facebook page again um, looks quite actually quite good in white with the um, brown leather seat um, but yeah it's still uh, that front end bothers me if it had a steeper rake um, and yeah got rid of that ugly carbon fiber you know fork cover thing cowling yeah it's cowling yeah it's, it'd need a bit more work before um, I'd be willing to part with any of my money let's just put it that way fair enough but if you want to check it out facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast don't hold back let us know what you think good bad or ugly we'd love to hear from you uh, moving on in the news uh, that's about all I had written down what what have you got have you got anything um, I do have news of a very special Indian scout actually uh, Indian are pulling out a hundred year anniversary because the scout name's been around for a hundred years obviously it hasn't been in production for a hundred years because Indians, one of those great companies that has sort of died, been brought back from the dead, died, then been brought back from the dead again. But yeah, Indian Scout 100th anniversary edition. Maybe their 100th bike shouldn't be called a Scout, it should be called Lazarus. <laughs> the Indian Lazarus. There's actually a Lazarus uh, motorcycles out there already, believe it or not, but um, uh, it's got quite a few uh, nice features. It's a single seat, as um, the Scouts have tended to be since they uh, came back in 2015, I think it was, when uh, the Scout was brought back. It's limited to about 750 bikes worldwide, I believe. I emailed uh, Polaris Industries, so they're the company that owns Indian, um, and I emailed their local representative saying, hey, how many are likely to come here? And he replied with, all NZ dealers will receive one to two units. And I've gone back to him and he hasn't responded to me yet, but that either means that we're likely to get say 10 or so bikes maybe 20 depending on how many indian dealers there um, are these days um or one or two out of the 700 um kind of guessing the way he's written that that there's going to be a few of them um which is pretty cool um no word on pricing 
Um, but with a little regular scout retailing for around the $20,000 mark, I imagine there'd be some kind of markup for the special edition bike. That's quite cool. I'm quite liking the look of it. It's very um, true to true to form, very uh, classic looking. But then also you look at the details and you see very, very modern touches. Um, I, th- I personally feel like the rear fender, the rear guard is just a little bit, uh, a little bit big, a little bit, out of proportion maybe um but see it's a very interesting bike the indian like i go hot and cold on it some days i'll absolutely adore the thing and then others i'll be like oh actually yeah um like it's got an alloy frame um aluminum aluminum frame um the seating position is the same as that original scout um the riding triangle that's why um it looks very comfortable too yeah it's surprisingly comfortable uh the scout bob is another story altogether but um, we're talking about the special 100th anniversary edition here i think it's 1133 cc engine um big front tire i got to do the uh new zealand launch back in the day when it was first brought in and i loved it um but it's kind of I think it's kind of due for a bit of an update now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, going into next year or the year after, um, if Indian do a whole overhaul on this bike. Um, just because little things like the dashboard um, doesn't have a fuel gauge built in, but it's got an LCD insert. Yeah, just tiny little details like that. But otherwise, it's a really cool bike. And it's the colouring. Oh, like burgundy, burgundy red. It's like a deep, deep red. I, I quite dig it. I can see why, too. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, it's my wife's favourite motorcycle, believe it or not. Oh, well, you'll have to get one, then. <laughs> All right, well, that pretty much rounds up the news. But before we do go, uh, back in March, Season 2, Episode 6, Matt, uh, I did a bit of a review on a, de- on, a de- on a device called the Quadlock. Now, if you haven't uh, listened to the episode or you can't be bothered going all the way back in your, play- in your podcast player to find out uh, what we were talking about, Quadlock is this thing that clamps to the bars of your bike, uh, and it's a little four-pin lock, and you have the, uh, the other side of it on your phone, and you make them together and lock your phone to your handlebars and there's no way that that's coming off while you're riding uh fantastic device we reviewed it and uh, i was absolutely infatuated with it so much so that i didn't give it back after that review quite my, my my phone actually incidentally rain hail and shine uh through all the roads including all those gravel roads uh 1500 kilometers it lived on the handlebars of my mt07 for our whole taranaki trip uh episode 10 season two didn't fall off once uh absolutely no dramas whatsoever you were using it for navigating as well, if I recall, and um, we only got lost a couple of times when uh, you couldn't follow Google Maps. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. When there's <laughs> rain on your visor, it's actually a little bit hard to see your phone. But that's another story. So um, Quadlock was absolutely fantastic, and I recently, I don't know if I mentioned it last episode, bought a new phone. So I thought it was time for a bit of an update, uh, because I actually forked out for the iPhone XR Quadlock case for the new phone. Ooh. That's what I wanted to say, really, was uh, people think because we review things that we get paid to say, yep, it's good. 
uh, and and it's it's kind of like I don't like calling myself a journalist because I don't really feel like a journalist. I think you more of a, you're more of a journalist, Matt, than I am. I'm just kind of a, a mouthpiece. Even then, I'm still a step back from a real journalist. I don't ask certain important questions according to a sub editor at the New Zealand Herald. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's a scale, a sliding scale. Let's call. It. But anyway, I like to think I've got a bit of journalistic integrity. Uh, when I say something's good, and and I actually go out and spend money on it you can believe it's good so i've gone out and spent about 40 bucks on the iphone xr case for the new phone not that i'm selling iphone and we haven't been paid we haven't even talked to quadlock about talking about this in the podcast today but quadlock is so good that i went out and bought the case the case for the new phone and i highly recommend if you're looking for a solution to have your phone on your handlebars of your bike or pretty much anywhere on your bike uh have a look at quadlock uh, we'll, we'll put the link up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Powerman podcast. Uh, Matt, you, you actually went out and got yourself a quad lock as well for uh, Rosie the uh, Rally. Yeah, and um, I've also upgraded my phone since, and I had one of those... Um I didn't fork out for the whole uh, iPhone case. I just had... They do a neat little sticker. Well, that's, that's oversimplifying it a bit. Um, 3M sticky mount that sticks to the back of your phone or the back of your case. Um, I had an iPhone 6S back then and it worked a treat. Obviously, I didn't want to uh, use it in the rain because I didn't have the cool poncho thing that you had. Um, but I've used it. I did a few trips up to Auckland. It was great. Um, once I got the center on my phone, um, on, not my phone, once I got the center for my helmet, I uh, was able to click through a few things. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, since I've up phones I have to buy a new case um, so I haven't used it recently um, but I'm damn well looking forward to getting myself uh, I think I've got an iPhone 8 now I don't really know I inherited my phone from my wife because she's into all the fancy new tech gadgets and um, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to going the whole hog this time getting the rain poncho and everything so that whenever I'm out on my bike which is infrequently as it is um, I want to have my phone sitting there on the charger playing music showing me where the hell I am um, and the quad locks so far it's one of the best ways to go about it because you just got full access to your phone it's not in a yeah and it's not big and bulky it's not in a zippy case thing that you can't use it through it's not um it's not awkward and it's really easy and simple to attach now i've used ram mounts phone holder case things i've used stupid little zippy cases that are cheap and nasty from the local bike shop i've even used uh, solutions to attach the phone to the bike off aliexpress and 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 hand on heart quadlock is the best one i have ever come across so check it out on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast and while we're talking about products that we're not getting paid to endorse um grab yourself some motomark because uh we have i haven't even talked to motomark about uh, coming on board for the season but motomark is is really good stuff you get, get a get a five liter bottle of that and clean your bike with it you'll be you'll be absolutely amazed yeah and if you don't have a bike uh, works just as well on your car or your lawnmower or your golf clubs or what is it your golf cart or your, your golf sticks yeah it works on a whole range of stuff um yes yeah, bloody good stuff um hey question anyway question honest question and no judgment because i really want to hear your input and i'd love to hear the listeners input too this is um uh, an aside from anything we've just been talking about though uh in a built-up area is it okay to start and rev the shit out of your 450 dirt bike at 7 p.m on a monday night is it dark outside yes then no it's not you're a wanker in my books (laughs) i'm sorry 
<laughs> okay, so so okay, honest delving into that honest question in the middle of daylight saving when it's light, you're it's okay to do that at seven o'clock. But if it's dark, it's yeah, not. that's that's <laughs> in my in my mind. If it's dark outside, you should be quiet. Um, and like, all right, I've got a neighbor next door who's got a dirt bike. He's a diesel mechanic. Um, has a few rowdy parties. Um, really nice guy in that. And I've only once had to jump over the fence and ask him to be quiet. Um, because naturally, small child, when they wake up, it's an utter nightmare to try and get them back to sleep. But if you're in a built-up area, like, and you're revving the, like, if you're actually revving the shit out of it, which I don't know why you're doing that at 7 p.m. on uh, the middle of the week, anyway, um, save that, for, save that for out on the, um, out on the trails, man. Like, in the interest of full disclosure, this evening it is a Monday night. We're recording this on a Monday. Uh, it was seven o'clock. I was doing the dishes before I come down to the garage to uh, start recording. The wife's putting the young fella to bed, and the uh, the young fella's bedroom window looks out on a hedge on the other side of the hedge is a dude's garage the dude gets his bike out he's obviously been working on it whatever he's been doing and he starts the bike up now if it, if it ended there if it was just a, a, a dirt bike idling i wouldn't have a problem with it but it was when it, it started going rum, rum, that was just uh f-ing annoying to be fair if you're hitting the rev limiter and it's just idling you're just being a tosspot you're doing it for your own enjoyment you've got no consideration for your neighbors um and if you're in a built-up area um, that's when like people start looking at motorcyclists as a nuisance and puts us all tars us all with a bad brush and that and uh, yeah sort of it's, it's not that great in my books so I wasn't I wasn't being overly sensitive then no no did you go yellow go yell at him and tell him to uh, cut it out did you yeah pretty much did <laughs> that go well did it oh you shut up a couple of minutes later I don't actually know if you heard me but um hey there were, I just I, <laughs> I'd love to hear the listeners opinions facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast don't hold back if you think I'm a twat then say it I mean I'm quite happy to 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 be um told I just want to hear people's opinions I want to know whether I I was in in the you know on the right side of the fence yelling at him or not but uh that's you know fair enough have you say is that pretty much us I think that probably pretty much is us because uh as uh, we have been told via our uh, highly uh or accurate Facebook poll that uh, the people want shorter episodes and if we keep yarning on um this won't make it to that 20 to 30 minute uh, golden point that uh, the listeners have told us they want. Fair enough. Right, well that pretty much rounds up uh, this episode. Uh, Gotta say a massive thank you to you, Matt, for joining me. Uh, Check out onthrottle.co.nz You got a bit of a story on uh, Courtney Duncan being world number one on the Aerosil. Yeah, and um, I've just been going through my archives and um, posting up a whole lot of uh, updated reviews on stuff I've written over the years, um, because some stuff's still in the market, or as I chucked up um, tonight, actually, I whacked up a story on the XT 660Z Tenere, uh, the one that's, uh, well, the old Tenere now, um, and I still reckon it's a pretty good bike, so give that a read. Brilliant. On throttle.co.nz. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Powerband Podcast is where you can interact with us and the show. We'd love to hear from you, good, bad, or indifferent. Make sure that you do have your say. You can always email us at uh, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. Gotta say a massive thank you to the team at Kiwi Rider, because they 
they support us and we support them. Uh, Kiwi Riders Latest magazine came out last week? This week. No, last week. Uh, my 2000k update on the Michelin Road 5s is in there. Uh, there's also a few newsy stories that you've written, Matt, including the, uh, the, the trip that you took up to Auckland to check out the Tenere 700. Yeah, $16,999 is how much you will need for one of those when they arrive in December just uh, by the by. So if you haven't started saving, uh, get cracking. Yes, so I've got an MT-07 and a WR in the garage. Come and buy them. Uh, that would help me on my road to my uh, Tenere 700. No, I'm joking. But if you want to buy the WR, go for it. Um, so check out kiwirider.co.nz for the latest in Kiwi riding news, reviews, and uh, all the good stuff, really. Um, and, and, and yeah, and stuff, and things, and that, and everything. And that's about us. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Get the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.